My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 205 of Legally Clueless. I'm so excited that you're part of this family. If you're an OG, thank you so much for the love throughout. And if you're new to this podcast, episodes like this go out every single Monday. And if this is the first time you're listening, we have our first event of 2023 coming up and it's a group therapy session. I'm very excited about this because I often talk about my therapist on this podcast and just how she's held my hand through my healing journey. <laughs> Last year's healing journey was hectic. It was so hectic. Honestly, there are days I, I don't think without therapy I would have made it. And so I'm really big on trying to make therapy as accessible as possible. So my therapist is going to be facilitating this first group therapy session. The theme is losses without funerals. So we're going to be walking through losses we've gone through in our lives that aren't necessarily caused by the physical death of a person but they still elicit feelings of grief and we just don't process so loss of a job loss of a relationship loss of a friendship loss of a business loss of a marriage loss of expectations and identity honestly the list is pretty long and so I'm very excited to be able to do this healing journey with you, I think this is right down my purpose's path. It just feels so good to be able to do this with you. And so it's going to be on the 25th of February here in Nairobi in person at Kanga Studio at 9.30 a.m. And tickets have to be bought in advance because we have a limited number. It's group therapy, not a concert. <laughs> so you can grab your tickets just by going to legallycluelessafrica.com or clicking the link in the show notes. Tickets go for 1,500 Kenya shillings. And I'm so excited because first and foremost, you know, doing things like this is scary. Oh my God goodness it's scary because you're just like what if nobody gives a damn you know you want to do this thing but if what if no one no one shows up <laughs> you know I mean in the back of my head I'm always like well if that happens it's it's sad but it's not the end of the world but you still feel that anxiety and that nervousness you know anybody who's ever put together something that they care about that requires people to attend or plug into I know you understand the nerves that I'm going through anyway I really do hope to see you there so head over to legallycluelessafrica.com to grab your tickets all right let's jump into what's coming up in this episode that's apparently good for your soul listen to this i've always chased love ever since i was born i was born into a domestic toxic domestic violent home my dad had two wives who were living in the same house and it was as one room but then one thing that i realized is that the people that i loved there's a pattern with the people that i that i love the last relationship that i was 
in right now i'm not in any relationship <laughs> but the last relationship that i was in taught me so much about what love truly is my last relationship taught me that when you love people more than they love themselves you're going to be the problem people cannot accept what they can't give themselves i was at a situation where i was helping this person so much i wasn't even sending money home just so that this person's family is okay first before even my family i can love you but if you, me loving you is getting in the way of me showing up for myself then i don't want it that is wiri nyarkano okay one of my favorite people on the internet to date and she's going to be sharing a series of stories and man just some deep shit is coming up but before we get there the song of the week i cannot believe i haven't shared this song with you and the way it carried me through uni days i sometimes forget how much of an india re fan i am just always loved her music her demeanor the lyrics are always so poetic and just appeal to the poet in me. I love this particular song because it's a reminder that you have everything you need to take on life and its challenges within you from an emotional standpoint. And it's called Strength, Courage and Wisdom. And I just have always loved this song. Through uni, I kept going back to it. The times when I just felt like, what the heck am I doing in my life? Yeah, I I loved the song. And so I hope it can be as soothing to you as it is to me. So I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Ah, oh, just a bit of a catch up. I am so drenched in peace and gratitude. This is a space I never thought I would reach. A year ago, I was the complete opposite of this. I love this for me. I want to stay in the state even when life lifes <laughs> and rattles me. I want to master this inner peace. To the point that the outside world doesn't get me so, you know, on edge. But this is space I'm in and I'm really thankful. And something else that I went through that I wanted to share is a life-changing birthday gift that I got. So, first and foremost, I shared last week's episode from a surprise birthday getaway. That was so magical and just so good for my soul. I felt so loved and so appreciated and just covered by kindness. Ay, yeah, yeah. It was so good. It was so, so, so good. You know, coming off the back of that, I got another life-changing birthday gift, which was a body talk therapy session. And this came from someone who was friends with my mom and then now has become my friend and is always just sending me such good energy such good energy her name is Gina Din and I worked for her when I was before I went into uni I think I was like 16 <laughs> and I knew I wanted to go into PR so I worked at her firm my mom told me to do that before I go to uni just to be sure that this is what I wanted to do and 100% that's what I wanted to do even though life does its thing and now I'm not Directly doing PR, but still in the media space. You know, with time and even after my mom's death, we've now grown into friends, which is, is quite magical. So she got me this gift, a body talk therapy session. And the energy worker, that's what I'm calling the person that I met. I feel like she's just an energy worker. Finds energy blockages in your body, you know, that can sometimes, if left unchecked, manifest in like physical health issues. Because mind body spirit are interconnected and it was so 
magical, life-changing. She was able to identify physical issues I have been facing that are fueled by certain emotions that I'm processing or finding hard to navigate. It was so validating. Some things I experienced made so much sense. It really is it was just powerful and magical and life-changing and I think this has been the best birthday I've had in a while. Inside internally I feel more grounded but also I took a chance and opened myself up to receive love, to receive softness, to receive kindness and oh my word it was showered on me and yeah I'm at peace and I am so grateful, so so grateful. Okay I want us to jump into 100 African stories. This is part one. Part two will come on next week. And our storyteller is Swiri Nyarkano. If you do not know about her, she does amazing work online educating us Africans about really about who we are. And she came on the podcast and shared a series of stories, a series of experiences, a series of lessons that quite frankly, are great for your soul. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. My name is Swirinyarkano. That is the one I like the most. Uh, but my baptismal name is Vivian Tabu Okumu, of which Vivian Rose Tabu Okumu. So Okumu and Rose are my, Rose is my maternal and Okumu is my paternal. So Vivian Tabu is mine. And then Swiri Nyarkano. Nyarkano is um, daughter of Kano. Kano means to keep Kano, you know. <laughs> so like where I come from, we come from the source, which is like Victoria. So the name to me as an individual, the name has always been, it's almost like our ancestral treasures kept in the Lake Victoria, and with time, River Nile carries them all the way <laughs> to the ocean. So that is how that is what I believe about the sacredness of our lands. You know, it is it is a keeper. It is the plains where everything goes when it rains. Growing up, I always I feel like I've always been. I felt like I was different, but not different in a way that I was. I did not belong, but I felt like I, I could see certain things and, you know, be able to comprehend certain things that people around me were not comprehending the way I was. So with time, like, there were, there were moments where I felt like, okay, I can see it. They cannot see it, okay? So I'm just going to see it. And so when I was young, when I was a little kid... I was very talkative. I used to be very talkative, and it used to piss people around me off. And even before I was aware, these were stories I was being told. You know, even now after I became aware, my talkativeness just started... It was pissing people off, but I liked it, you know? So it made me wonder, what about me repels people so much? And I remember when I was young in our house, in our nuclear family, my mom used to also dislike what I used to do, like how... Me, I, I'm a truth teller. Like, I will tell you the way it... I don't like meandering about the truth and blah. And I started doing that when I was very young. Like, me, things would happen at home, and my dad would come, and I would tell him everything. The way it happened. <laughs> so this, this, this started becoming an issue in, in, in my family. And so I knew from a very young age... I was very young. I can't really tell when. But from a very young age, I just knew I needed to really stand up 
for myself. And also something that really kept me in touch was also my dad. My dad applauded me. He always congratulated me for, you know, speaking up. When I was young, when I was a kid, I was called Swiri. That is how it is pronounced, not Swiri or Sweetie or whatever. It's Swiri. That was the name I was given by village people, okay? And just from my character, I think everyone has one of those. In my family, everyone has one of those, like the nickname that you're, you get called. Like people don't really use baptismal names. So you see, my nickname is Swiri, and then my baptismal name is Vivian Tabu. And Tabu is a, is a very important part of my name because I carried that, I feel like, throughout my life, because when I was young, I did not want to be called Swiri. It was embarrassing to me. And I dissociated myself from it up to high school. When people called me that, I felt embarrassed. So I did not even want to bring my friends for a sleepover so they get to know <laughs> the name that I'm called. But then again, I used, I used to use Vivian Tabu. Every time I would mention that my name is Vivian Tabu, people would, there's no time, even my teachers, there's no time somebody said nothing, something good about it. Like every time I'm, I, I would tell someone, what's your name, Vivian Tabu? And then they would go like, hey, who gave you that Tabu name? You know, hey, who gave you? And then they started now making it look like, ah, probably she's named Tabu because she's problematic. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm not a problematic person. So this Vivian Tabu was an introduction, like that name used to introduce me, even in high school. There are teachers who hated me just because I was called mm -hmm. Vivian Tabu. They wanted me to change it to Raha, Siju, what? But then, my mom, I asked my mom, you know, because of that attention that I used to get out of that name, I went and asked my mom, because that name is not in our lineage, it's nowhere. So, my mom told me, hey, maybe when I gave birth to you, I've never seen what I go. <laughs> she was telling me, I've never seen what I went through. <laughs> When I got pregnant with you, I did not know. And you know, my mom did not give me a Luo name. I'm the only one amongst my siblings who doesn't have a Luo name. So instead of giving me a Luo name, <laughs> she gave me Tabu. And she said, I gave birth to you at 1, okay, 1 p.m. And by 6, I was on the sewing machine. Nilikuwa nimeka. Mamangu alikuwa nashona manguo, babangu anaenda kuuza. <laughs> when I was young, okay? So she said that eh, it was like it was her life was very hectic where, and even my dad was giving her a lot of problems. It was so hectic when she was pregnant with me. But then again she told me that but me I did not give her issues. That is why she was able to even give birth to me and still be able to sit on the machine. So she said I gave birth to you and you the situation around you was so terrible, but you, even, she told me that even when I was young, people just came to dress me. Like I was a poor kid, but Adi, like, Kunawaindi, Walkwana, Mpatia Manguo, too, Anivalishe, food, things. Like, after giving birth to me, it was like, I did not give her issues, but she had issues before she gave birth to me. And so that is why she named me Tabu. But then after giving birth to me, after seeing what I was, she, now that is when they started calling me Sweary. Uh, one thing I will tell you about love, uh, I've always, I think I've always chased love ever since I was born. I was born into a domestic, toxic domestic violent home. My dad had two wives who were living in the same house and it was as one room. So there was like one bed for my mom over here and one bed for the other wife over there. And in the morning, like, uyu alikuwa nafagia anapeleka kwa kitanda ya uyu. And that would lead to war. Like, it was just war. And I was born seeing that war. I was born into that war. 
by the time I was sitting, all I all that was around me was war. Tulikuwa tunaishi madhare. Our the neighbors used to feel sorry for us, you know, because our my parents used to fight all the time, all the time. Growing up, I was chasing. I wanted love so bad. I wanted my family to love each other. I just wanted my mom to love my dad, you know, like the way other moms, you know, are loved by their husbands. But it did not happen, and I kept wishing for it. I I kept saying that, hey, maybe when I'm in class one, things will change. <laughs> ah, it did not change. Things did not change even throughout high school. Things did not change. I don't know whether my my understanding of love is different from that particular experience. But then one thing that I realized is that the people that I loved, you know, there's there's a pattern with the people that I that I love. I usually give love them so much they don't take it they don't accept it okay the last relationship that i was in right now i'm not in any relationship <laughs> but the last relationship that i was in taught me so much about what love truly is and that was when i realized that it's not like even though i i wanted love so much and i did not get it growing up i i i had it you know, I did not let go of it. And I kept giving it just the same way I was giving it to my family and they did not want to take it. But I wasn't giving it to myself. I was giving it out. And so when I, my last relationship was also the same. When you love people, my last relationship taught me that when you love people more than they love themselves, you're going to be the problem. People cannot accept what they can't give themselves. People cannot accept the respect they can't give themselves. People cannot accept the discipline they can't give themselves. People cannot accept the love that they can't give themselves. And so even my best friends, even relationships that were not romantic, me, I was giving so much. And people, the, my best friend, somebody I called my best friend for four years, one day she came into my house and told my partner that she doesn't know why I call her best friend. You understand? And this is something that she was taking it, but she wasn't telling me that, hey, mbona unanita hii best friend, missy best friend. After realizing all these things, you know, people not being able to accept and calling me intense, you know, because for her she was like, hey, she's just intense. There's some excess of mind that I just went to talk to because sometimes I just want to un understand, like, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. What happened? You know, why couldn't we work? And then people kept telling me I'm intense. Mm -hmm. You understand? So I, I'm like, eh. <laughs> so our party are too much. It's too much. So... After my last relationship, I decided I'm not going to give that love to people anymore because there was somebody who was starving so much, and that was me. <laughs> so I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to give it. I'm, I'm going to pour it back to myself, and trust me, when I started pouring to myself, people started coming. People now want it. Even my own family members, like people now... They are now talking to me in a more kind way, in a more loving way, in a more respectful way. Because I've turned to love myself. I've turned to not look for people to love. I, I was looking for people to love my whole life, I swear. My whole life I was looking for people to love. But I wasn't loving myself. So I just decided that, you know what, I'm just going to love myself. If my love is intense, I can never say I love me too intensely. And that is what... I started to do, and that is what my last relationship taught me, that you can never love people more than they love themselves. If you're giving them a love that is too much from what they are used to giving themselves, you are going to be the problem.
and they are, they are going to create a conflict out of it and make you feel like something is wrong with you. When you find yourself in a situation where you are giving too much, just turn it. You know, I just turned. I just, I was looking this direction. I just turned and looked the other way. Now, let me tell you, hey, you know this person, I, I don't want to say their pronouns or whatever, but this person, like I try, you know, Mimi, I was looking for loving. I wasn't looking to be loved because I knew I can stand. You know, I know my strength, you know. So I was looking, looking for loving. Eh, you love you, you enough. Like it wasn't, it's not like it wasn't enough, but it wasn't being seen. I was at a situation where I was helping this person so much. I, was, I wasn't even sending money home just so that this person's family is okay first before even my family. I was going out of my way to, I mean, I don't buy people gifts. It's not my thing. I, I, it's not my culture. I do not grow up seeing people do that. But just because I want to go out of my way, I go out of my way, I do these things to, to this particular person, and they're still finding faults. I go out of my way to make them feel comfortable around me so that they can trust me with themselves. They're still lying. You know, they're still finding ways to lie, ways to, to make me feel like, oh, you're not, you're not doing what I want. You're not doing what I want. So I stopped. It's too much because they say, you, you're not doing this, you do it. There's another thing again waiting. And you know, by the time I was doing all these things, I was neglecting me showing up for myself because I also need to show up for myself. I have fashion, I have content creation. I need to show up for these things. And the moment my mind is like away from me showing up for myself, I realized that however much I love them, I was neglecting myself on their behalf. So I had to choose, like, am I going to love you? Am I, am I going to turn and actually stand up for myself? Because I'm telling you, this person, and I just sometimes nishetani. Mimi, sometimes I think it's just demonic entities. Because this person used to give me a lot of issues only when I had very important things to do in my life. For example, when I needed to show up for a project. You know when you, when you need to show up for a project. You need to be there 100%. If you're not, time waits for no man. You, you understand? And also, if you're not there 100%, you will end up delivering mediocre. Uh, this person was somebody I thought would support me in these times that I, I'm really required to elevate. But every time, every time I was required to elevate, every time, even they did not care how much the intensity of the project was, even if it had so much money on the other side. They would just make my life so much difficult that I would struggle to show up for the things that I need to show up for. And so from there, I just started seeing, like, I need to prioritize my energy. You can love people. You know, I, I can love you, but if you, me loving you is getting in the way of me showing up for myself, then I don't want it. I don't want to do it. If me loving you is getting in the way of me being authentic to myself, if me loving you is making me to be untrue or to live in denial or to be tired all the time or to have men mental fog all the time, then I don't want it. Because one thing I realize about energy is that it's so easy. It's so easy for somebody to not show up. Not showing up is so easy. I have friends who they get deals. People get deals and then not showing up. Just showing up to sign a contract, just showing up to, to do homework, just showing up to do a project and hand it in, or maybe just write a letter, just writing an invoice. Some people can't show up for that because they are busy showing up for other things. And me, I, that was going to be me. That was going to be me. 
not being able to show up for the important things in my life in order for me to show up for somebody's naggingness and somebody, you know, just being difficult. I just said, no, I don't need that in my life. Love, love to me, what I would define love as is it's nature. You know, love to me is green. Love to me is just knowing you're not alone and yet you're alone. Love, love to me is being alone and just knowing that you're not. That, that, that is love to me. And just being able to accept yourself the way you are and just knowing that you are, an, you are a work in pro- progress, work in progress, and that you are the best version of yourself and you're right on time. You're not late anywhere and you're not early anywhere. You're right on time where you are. That to me is what love is. It has nothing to do with other people. It has everything to do with me. Hmm. Okay, one thing I will tell you. Um, fear is something that rarely exists in my vocabulary. But I, I would say I'm cautious about masculinity, like especially the one in a very highest spectrum of it. I'm, I'm very, I feel very unsafe around very high levels of, of masculinity, especially the ones that are not, don't feel safe in themselves. Mm-hmm. Those are the things, I don't really fear them, but I'm cautious around very high level of masculine projection. Because personally, I like softness. I feel so safe around calm, soft, you know, I, I don't like rough things. Mimi, I'm cautious about the masculinity to the point I don't like seeing men fight. Like, I don't like a man in rage. I, I don't like being close to that. And I think it comes from my relationship with my own father when I was young, okay? So, and also my brother. Like, I, I don't have good relationships with the masculines in my life. It was, it was always very violent, very forced, very pa, 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 you know? And... To me, I've, I've grown to, from fearing masculinity to actually just being cautious around it because you are dangerous to anything if you're dangerous to yourself. And I don't like associating myself with people who are dangerous to themselves because I know they are dangerous to me. I don't like associating myself with people who are disrespectful to themselves. I, I come from Luoland, and one thing you know about Luoland is a very patriarchal society. Like... Our, even, and it is traditional, it goes back in time, our ancestors have always been patriarchal. You know, there are some matriarchal, like the Agikuyus, at some point they were, but ours has always been a patriarchal society. And now patriarchy, now you add on top of the, the colonial patriarchy, you add it to patriarchy now. In, in Luoland, the level of patriarchy doesn't even allow for such kind of conversations to be had. Like, if I was to sit my dad down or my brother down to talk to them about that, I'm sure, I'm 100% sure they would be pissed off. You understand? So, personally, I believe in telepathic communication. And I know that the moment I'm changing myself, everything around me is changing. And I've seen it as well. My parents, there are times that I say what needs to be said. And yes, there are times I've stood up to my dad and told him, at a family level, and told him this and this and this I don't agree with. But when it comes to now delving into personal issues like that, we've not, I know we are going to get there. The way we are going, I know we are going to get to a point where we are going to talk about these things. But right now we are still not at that particular point where we talk about these things. So everybody's just working on themselves. 
at a personal level at this point and that is what I'm also doing as well. So I'm just giving everybody space to also look at their life, reflect on their lives the way I'm reflecting on mine and how they affected me. I'm sure they can also reflect on theirs and how me being a sibling or a daughter or whatever has affected them. And so one day we will talk about it now from a point of everybody knows what they are talking about. But right now it cannot it cannot penetrate. <laughs> it's not time yet. Kwanza, one thing I think about uh, me growing up in a relationship was learning how to establish boundaries because for the longest time I did not have any. I had no boundaries at all. Like I would take anything. I would let people walk all over me and, and stuff like that. But with time, even with my family, I'm telling you, working on yourself changes everything. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm. Mimi, my family right now, the way I carry myself, they already know how far they can go and how far they can't. Because um, just the way I was when I was young, I will always tell you the truth. And you know some people, they don't like hearing that particular truth. So when they know you're, they're going, to, you're going to tell them the truth, they'd rather not... They'd rather not cross you. So one thing in my family is, I think, self-respect. Like, just me respecting myself, me standing up for what I believe in and my life and me also. I, and I think the reason why I'm able to exercise this in my family is because we were poor, okay? I've made my life up to the point that I've reached. I have done everything possible for me to get out of the poverty by myself, you know? Nobody helped me to do it. And so the fact that I've gotten myself to this particular place, I'm going to tell you how you're going to interact with this. Because, you know, some of disrespect in families, they come when they feel entitled that, hey, to look funny, But Mimi, if you did nothing in my life, then you have to come slowly. <laughs> if I owe you nothing, because one thing I realize also in life, oh my God, owing people, you will never be free. You cannot be free. I think people need to really embrace independence and just not begging people for things. Because when you make when you do things by yourself, you gain freedom, true freedom, and you gain respect from people. Because when you built it by yourself, nobody can come and shit on it. So that is the even that is how I maintain my boundaries with my family. But right now, especially that I'm grown right now, they have no say in my life. We live like adults who are trying to make something work. Of which it if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, Pia, to shall grow. But they fly away after their parents have nurtured them and they never see each other. Some of them they never see each other again. That can also happen. I'm also ready for that. So I'm 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 at a point in my life where I'm no longer trying to make my family love one another. I tried that my and it did not work. Right now I'm just like focusing on myself and I hope hope with the hopes that they are also focusing on themselves. So that one day we meet and we are able to actually create the family that we all wanted growing up. Yeah, me, I'm like, if there's anybody I'm proud of in this world, and I wouldn't, right now, if I speak about that, I would split myself into two. I would talk about the kid, that kid that grew up in Madare, that was born in Madare, and went to Shags. Me, then, my inner child, is so proud of me right now because we've done everything we said we would. Anything I said I would do, I have done it. And anything that I haven't done yet, I am on my way yeah. to doing it. 
everything that I promised my inner child. And this is what I, you know, relationships sometimes, and I think there's something here that I want to tell you. People steal time, energy, passion, and strength, and will. When you, when, when you interact with people, it doesn't matter whether it's family, as long as you love them. Love, as long as you, you have the ability to love them, they have the ability to affect you. And what people still, you know, most of the time people think that, oh, what when anifanya uchawi, amas It's just time, strength, energy, passion, and will. Mimi, I protect my strength, my energy, my passion, and my will. I want them. That those are the, 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 the wings of my inner child. Anybody that, that comes to tamper with my passion, with my strength, especially I tell you, oh, by the way, I want to do this by next year, and then you t start telling me, oh, how will you? That is how, like, I just don't want to listen to it. I protect my inner child's energy as, like a soldier, protecting a queen or something. Like, I don't want people who come into my life and start having opinions about, you know, you come into my life for two minutes and you think you already know the past 26 years of my life. So I just, do, I'm very disciplined when it comes to making sure I guard my inner child. And uh, as a result, oh my God, you know, dopamine, these, these chemicals that people seek in drugs, you can have them when you fulfill the things you promise yourself. My God, sometimes I just say, ah, by the way, I want to make this much by this time. And then I make it. And then I just dance in my house. And I'm just like, yes! And next time we do it again. And my body has learned to trust me as well. You know, I have a very good relationship with my body when I tell them, we are going to do this, by the way. Get ready, get ready. I know we've not done it before, but get ready to show up. And we show up. But there was a time, there was a time that I was, I had so much people around me, so much energies trying to tell me, you know, you can't do this, you can't do this. Projecting, projecting, projecting. And these things can affect even your movement. It can affect the relationship that you have with yourself. And it affected the relationship that I had with my inner child to a point I lost my mojo. You know what I'm saying? I would wake up and I did not want to wake up, you know, and... There were moments where I did not want to do any, like even creativity, it disappeared. My creativity disappeared and I knew it wasn't there. And I could feel it wasn't there. And I had to self-isolate to generate it back. So I'm very disciplined when it comes to the energies that I associate with. Especially from the fact that I've gotten myself to a point where I know that as long as I have my ancestors, as long as I have my DNA, as long as I'm taking care of my body and I'm healthy, then I have the capability of showing up for myself. So I don't beg people to show up for me. I don't go around seeking validation or seeking people, proving myself to people. I prove myself to myself. I do the things I tell myself I will do. I show up to make myself happy. Because there are things that myself desire as well. And right now I've reached a point where I'm even scared to associate with other people. Because if my desires are not aligned with yours, I don't want to string you into mine. And I don't want you to blind me into yours. I just want everybody moving your way. I'm moving in my way. And then we are having fun. So that is how I keep you know, my inner child motivated. Because they always know that as long as we say we are going to do it, and we do it, then we are good. We progress and we move. Hey. I've always had a very strong intuition, but I did not know it was intuition because we live in a world where nobody tells you this is intuition, this is memory. So when I was young, I have had like two experiences. One, when I was young, there was a time I used to be a performer. So when you perform, you were given badge, a badge. So one day I was given a badge and I was so careless as a child, I lost it. Okay. And they'd say, if you lose the badge, you pay. 
and my dad did not want to hear anything from school like as long as you go to school don't bring issues so this thing stressed me out i was so young i think i was in class 4 it stressed me out so much i was just like where am i going to get that tag where am i going to get that tag So I just started speaking within myself and really begging whatever it was. You know there was a time now let me tell you my relationship with faith first. Mimi I did not like when I was growing up I felt safe for as long as I knew my parents were able to do things for me. But when I reached a point where they couldn't, when I did not I noticed that eh hey, by the way, hapa pia hao wazazi pia wanahitaji wazazi wengine like they cannot do this shit for you. So that is when I started developing a relationship with an outside force because i knew by myself i cannot manage there has to be an outside force that put me here so whichever that outside force was i started you know talking to whichever that outside force was and i started walking as I'm, i was talking i started walking and then by the time i was opening my eyes something just it was just so natural like i just opened my eyes and looking down there was the the pin and i i forgot i was so happy i forgot about the whole process i was just happy i got it i'm not in trouble anymore i put it inside my bag and i returned it i always questioned you know because i always listened to that voice that voice i listened to it without question to a point i did not know what it was anymore i was just like i what if it's just nonsense so one day uh when i was working mimi i listen i used to listen to my intuition so much that if it tells me hey vivian don't go i don't like hey that there's something off i don't so this particular day i nearly kwani mezindikisha my friend i was staying in the university of nairobi stella winger hostels and my friend Mahi I hope she will listen to this because we've we've not talked for so long so I was I took her she she had came to visit me she, she had come to visit me at the hostel so I nikampeleka GPO and then from GPO normally my spirit would tell me don't follow any other way from GPO just go back to St Paul's and then to Stella Winger but then that day I was so tired I was just like ah whichever this voice is now today let me do this and see what will happen let me see what will happen when i go against this particular voice that talks to me in the head and i did not listen so what i did was i followed where it my voice was not telling me to follow and it wasn't even usiku it was kitu samoja so i was just like ah this would be quick let me just go through and by the time i was reaching the middle of that path Somebody just approached me and w- when that person approached me I knew shit was going down like I knew this is the fucking shit that I was being warned against mm-hmm. and he came and he looked me straight in the eye and I looked at him and I, he was like he was moving towards me as if he was talking you know these people who are talking and you can't hear what they are saying and they are moving towards you and I'm just like ah why are you moving to <laughs> so like I was assaulted you know just like that like I was assa- I was raped up on my Serena hotel and the whole time it was happening my head was like so that voice is true so that voice is true the whole time it was happening I was just like so that voice is true and after that I said I would never not listen <laughs> again so that was the relationship that I had with my intuition that changed And since then I started developing a relationship with my intuition and it has been uphill from there like I have escaped things that I did not know I even escaped death the other day from an accident a road accident you know there was something ilikuwa inavuruta sweater yenye nimevaa so ingenivuruta na sweater 
But I I knew that like seconds before it happened and you know I removed the sweater. So before it was it was going to go with my left hand. Actually because that jacket got torn at the left hand yote ikatoka ikatangana na the jacket then in the kimono. I thanked myself so much after that because I was just like imagine if I did not remove myself within that second that I got the hint that something is off and then I just the first thing I did even before the the guy who when alikuwa amenibeba before I knew what was up Mimi I just removed the jacket to know later <laughs> So after removing the jacket kumbe I realized nilikuwa na vurutwa na hiyo jacket it would have been a whole different story Me listening to my intuition is everything to my, in my life and that is one thing that I'm so grateful for on this planet because it has helped me in ways that I cannot even begin to explain to anybody energies communicate very strongly You know alone alone is like all one like when you are alone when you're even in the religiously like when you look at uh, the religious books they talk about exodus you know people talk about these things or people don't really read about these things so when he's talking about exodus you know leviticus leviticus exodus you that is the relationship that egyptians had with the israelites and then they move you know you and your access you move and then you get into the wilderness because obviously always for you to get into the wilderness you have had come from an egypt somewhere you know for you to have gotten into that aloneness you came from a crowd somewhere some particular setup or whatever so being alone being in the wilderness you know the israelites were in the wilderness being in the wilderness that is when you get to turn to see your own face That is when you get to turn to see who you are. That is when you get to turn to actually know the the energies that have been present with you all along because they've been present even when you did not know that they they these energies were present. They have been present. You know, this energy that people some people call God, some people call Allah or whatever, whichever it makes sense to you. These particular energies you get to encounter them on one on one when you are in solace. You cannot when you are in the crowd it's like when you are in the crowd the, in the crowd there's just so much outside noise and that noise is real you know the outside noise is real it tampers with the inside voices when the outside noise is too loud the inside voices cannot be heard but when the outside noises are quiet and silent then the inside voices now starts to become loud so that is when you are in solitude then that is you connecting to yourself of which yourself is just this all other people it is this all other people because when you're connecting with yourself you are repairing yourself you are repairing the wounds within you by the time you're coming back to interact with these other people you'll be even them they'll see a totally different person and they will know like there's a level up that has that has occurred and they will treat you differently the same way you treat yourself people treat you the, the way you treat yourself but when you are in the crowd you probably disrespect yourself you doubt yourself you do all that when you get into solace now you develop self respect you develop self discipline you develop self awareness and you realize that you're not what people defined you as because when you are in the crowd and you don't define yourself you don't know you know there is being in the crowd and you know who you are and then there is being in the crowd and not knowing who you are when you are in the crowd and you don't know who you are the crowd is bound to tell you who you are because you remember people are peepholes imagine if you don't know who you are and you're looking through a peephole you 
you're bound to not even have feet on the ground. You don't have roots. You'll float through everything. You'll people please everybody. But when you know who you are and you stare into people's faces, you will know who they are. The only way to know who people are is by knowing who you are. And if you do not know who you are, you have no idea who anyone is. And this is one thing that also empaths need to know. People are not who you think. People are not how you see them. You see yourself in people. And this is why so, so many people get so heartbroken because you think it's you. You, you think that person is what you, you are seeing, but you've not, you, maybe you've met somebody and they are 24 years of age and you think you know them. No, you only know you. You are only 24 years of age. You have no idea of who that person is unless they open their mouth and they tell you, but in a world that we live in today, people, when they open their mouths, they are selling CVs. They are telling you how amazing. They are telling you, you know, people, when they open their mouths, they conceal more than they reveal. <laughs> so you have to trust yourself because you can't trust what people tell you about themselves. People have amazing things to say about themselves. <laughs> that is one thing that empaths need to know. Yeah. Because narcissists are taking advantage of that ignorance. The fact that an empath will look at you and they see themselves. Yeah. It's themselves that they see, so they think you are all this, and you're not. And narcissists, they know that, oh, this person is just projecting themselves on me. So as an empath also, you need to be very aware, because if you're not, then you'll fall into ditches that you have no idea. You'll fall. Some people are shimo. When you enter them, you've gotten yourself into a whole ditch that is very dark. You know, but when you look at them on the outside, it's a vessel that is very nice, well-fed, very nicely dressed. <laughs> Makeup on points. <laughs> Kumbendani. Yeah. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. Wasn't that so insightful and just so powerful, man? Like, when we recorded this, we spoke for over an hour. And that's why it's part one, part two. Because I just wanted to ensure you hear everything. And I just love how she connected her relationship intimate relationship experiences to her childhood and her upbringing because i think that's something we often forget our childhood and the environment we grew up in has so much influence on us and once you're cognizant about this you will intentionally do better and make better choices even when it comes to love and it's just I, I really loved, I really loved that bit. Next week, we will hear part two of her story. This is what you can expect. We had uh, an exam. Like we, we, that period, we had an exam. It was a CRE exam, I think, Yamuisho. By the time I was finishing that exam, I was nimlileto a expulsion letter. And they did not explain to me what, I'd, what I did. And I was given my bags and everything of mine. <laughs> Wakaniwekea kwa gate. And then funny thing is that ilipata kama huyu msichana tulikuwa tuna keep pesa na yeye. When I was in high school I used to do a lot of symposium, math contest. I had money. We used to keep those money with her. But when they were getting me out this girl was still in class. They refused ni muongeleshe. I did not have fare ya kwenda home and they threw me out of that school. Now wakaniambia figure your way out. That is going to be coming up next week. So make sure on Monday you catch this podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts on. Another thing that I think I want you to do is come for a group therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it's on the 25th of February at 9.30 a.m. at Kanga Studio. It's going to be facilitated by Faith Guchu, who also happens to be my therapist. The theme is Losses Without Funerals, and it's a really great place to start your intentional healing journey. Tickets are 1,500 Kenya shillings, and if you go to LegallyCluelessAfrica.com, you can grab your tickets. I really hope to see you there. I always love meeting members of this community, and I love that this is not just going to be a frivolous meeting. We're going to be holding each other's hands and, you know, doing this healing and life thing together, which I think is, is beautiful. Another thing to remember is that this podcast plays on Trace Radio here in Kenya every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m and 11 p.m. and Fridays at 1 p.m. So if you head over to traceradio.co.ke, you can stream Trace there. I am going to end this episode here, but I'm sending you, because I'm so drenched in in peace and gratitude. (laughs) Today, I'm not sending you grace. I'm sending you my excess, my excess peace. I really, I really do wish you peace of mind and just inner peace and just the ability to see something to be grateful for every day. You know, the big things like a sunrise and a sunset, a hearty laugh that maybe comes your way. I I hope that you have the ability to find something to be grateful for every day until the next episode. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.